Luke lied, you lied. Be at the funeral. Welcome to Movie Interrupted, the podcast that interrupts your day to talk movies. I'm Luke Ryan, and in today's episode, we'll explore Robert Connolly's film, The Dry, starring Eric Banner, followed by a recommendation for you. So let's jump right in. Aaron, you need to be here for the funeral. We're expecting you. You knew him, didn't you? An old mate of Luke's, actually. I'm just here in a personal capacity. Luke drove to his house at 4.30, killed his family, then headed here to kill himself. You're convinced he did it. What do you think? Now, the movie, based on a 2016 bestseller by Jane Harper, The Dry stars Eric Banner as Aaron Falk, a federal police officer called back to his hometown of Kiwara. Uh, It's in Australia's western Victoria. Imagine a dry, desolate country town, very small population. And he's brought back to this town by a stark and accusatory letter sent to him. It says, Luke lied, you lied, be at the funeral. Now, Luke, who is Aaron's childhood friend, is now dead along with his young family, apparently by his own hand. Aaron goes back to Kiwara and is asked to dig deep to find the truth and how this event could be connected with some of the horrible events to do with his past and the town. Now, converting a book to a feature film is always a challenge. There's always something, you know, lost in translation, In the dry film, we do lose some things. We lose that kind of internal thinking of our main characters, but we really gain a a visual splendid story capturing the, the heat, the desperation, the drought of this really desperate drought stricken town. You know, you get the sense of the, the toughness that these people have to be to endure these times. The subtle details that really struck me as this film progressed uh, constantly kind of treat the audience with intelligence. We're not told things constantly, but we're shown things constantly. And it's up to us as the audiences to make the connections. Um, I find that really uh, refreshing in a film. Now, I spoke a little bit about some of the more picturesque and splendid visual scenes, and there are some in particular that really uh, just caught my eye and just really captured this sense. Um, The difference that they have between the river, which is this focal point or the focal setting of this movie. In the past scenes, we see the river is flourishing. There's, There's green bush all the way around it. It's full of water, but when we see adult fork standing in the river, it is bone dry. And it actually took me a few moments to to make the connection because it was so different. I, I didn't occur to me he was standing in the same spot. And then, like I said, with this film treating the audience with intelligence, 
little subtleties throughout the whole thing that just keep reinforcing this drought-stricken town idea. It was the, the dirty tap water that you just catch glimpses of as they fill up glasses. It's not overtly in your face. And then the scenes of the yellow fields and these dust twisters whipping through it, it really helps to build the story and also giving you somewhat of a break to process the information as the film goes. This film does a really good job of inserting visual parts to give you that break to kind of piece together the parts you've just learned. It, it's very minute here and there, but those few seconds where we look at the fields or the dry town um, just give you that moment so you can be plodding along along with Fork trying to solve this mystery. Now, Eric Banner plays Aaron Fork, and he does a really good job. You know, like I said, it's it's very different to see him without the internal thinking that you get when you read the book. But we do get a sense of, of his motivations and the way he's feeling, knowing that he has a past with this town. Some of the other casting of the characters was really good too. I thought everybody fitted in well. The dynamics between the characters were probably not as intense as the book, probably due to like time limitations. I mean... How many fights can Fork have with Grant to show their rivalry? How many drinks do we need to show to demonstrate the budding friendship with Fork and the school principal? That was probably the biggest thing for me because in the book, him and the school principal uh, really click on super fast. And so you see him as an ally. You see him as someone who is actively giving Fork lots of information and you don't really get so much of it in the film. And because of this, I think at times some of the elements don't feel, uh, they don't feel earned. Like when Fork connects romantically with his old childhood friend Gretchen, it does have an element of feeling fast, feeling unearned. It, it connects in just that little bit too fast. And one more scene or one more connection would have been uh, well worthwhile. It would be interesting to see what other audiences who haven't read the book feel. You know, it's always hard to to read the story and then see the film and know what's missing. Where if you went in blank, would you just walk along and understand the different dynamics without knowing more? I do think the film would have benefited from dwelling on some of the more pivotal moments to build the momentum, the stress and the interest it was something I got a lot of from the book, but I didn't get a lot, of it, a lot of it in these moments. The moments that should have caused a lot of stress and worry happened so quickly, and the reaction to these moments happened quickly that you weren't able to sit in them for very long. The music within the dry doesn't really help. It could have done with a, uh, a more intense score in some moments. Now, the dry is full of memories. It's full of suspicions, little rabbit holes of the mind, and it's at its most gripping when all of that comes and interweaves together. The film does a really fantastic job of interweaving the past elements, where we see flashbacks of these four characters as teens, to moments of the present. Uh, when the dry does let itself down is when the discovery scenes 
are displayed with a, a real lack of narration. As an audience, we're to believe that the characters just worked it out from the clues available to them. Now, while some discoveries I felt were quite plausible, a few major ones kind of stretched the audience's trust a little bit too far. It, it, it's not a big thing, but it just needed something. Something to narrate, this is why I'm thinking this. Oh, this is now why I know this happened. Instead of just suddenly revealing it, if that makes sense. Overall, The Drive is a really fantastic film. While a bit slow in some parts, I thoroughly enjoyed it all the way through, just like I did the book. And I'm really excited to see The Dry 2, which is coming out in the next few days. If you're a fan of The Dry film and you didn't read the book, I would really love to hear your thoughts to see if you felt the same way as I did without that background knowledge. Let me know on our socials. This week's recommendation comes from a particularly intimate scene during the dry when Ellie Deacon, played by uh, Bebe Bettercourt, provides a fireside a cappella performance of the song Under the Milky Way. Sometimes when this place gets kind of empty Sound of their breath fades with the light I think about the loveless fascination Under the Milky Way tonight With beautiful, haunting and full of foreshadowing this 1988 song written by the band The Church fits perfect in this Australian film. Check out the link in the show notes. You've been listening to Movie Interrupted, a Tum Drum podcast. Learn more about the show at instagram.com slash tumdrummedia and see other podcasts available now. I'm Luke Ryan and thanks for listening. <laughs>